Hello, and welcome to the Holiday Moons Podcast, where we share our love for the holidays and the seasons with you year-round. So we're going to continue our discussion of winter and winter season this week. My name is Randy, and I will be talking about winter festivals in the United States. This is Cole, and I'm going to be talking about a few of the coldest winters in U.S. history. I'm Beth, and I'm going to be talking about capturing winter. And this is Sydney, and I don't know if you all have noticed, but there are already Valentine's Day decorations up in the store, so I will be doing a few in-store reviews of Valentine's decorations slash items. That's right. They're out already. That's right. So first of all, we will start with our holiday happenings. And of course, for us, based on when we're recording this, last week was New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. That's right. And we were invited to friend's house. And we basically played games until midnight and watched the ball drop in New York City on the TV screen. We played a game called Outburst. I don't think we've ever played that game before. No, although they made it sound like it was an older game. That was right. fun. It was, it was very fun. fun. Yeah. yeah we... It was a fun group game. Mm-hmm. It was a multi-generational affair. That's right. <laughs> and then the next day we had New Year's Day. We had our typical meal, pork and sauerkraut mm-hmm. that Beth put together. And then we had a New Year's Day open house that we attended as well. That was fun. (laughs) With our friends, the Andersons. (laughs) Yes, we went over and that was a lot of fun. We have met a lot of new people. There were a lot of friends there. And they did some fun games there and had lots of food. Right. There was food (laughs) in every room. There was. But it was a lot of fun. The other thing we've been doing is continuing to take down our Christmas decorations and replace them with our winter decorations, as well as finding some gaps of things we needed to go run to Michael's to get for winter decorations. So those were our holiday happenings for this week. Last week, we started the future festivities segment of the podcast, where we list a number of holidays that are happening at various days, about one per each day of the week. But we'll move it to the end of the podcast after the main topics Mm -hmm. before we sign off so that people that are interested in that can go and continue to listen for more information on those holidays. Okay, so my main topic this week is on winter festivals in the United States. Last week I talked about a number of ways to keep active during the winter season, and winter festivals are certainly one way to do that. So one of the things I really like about the United States and the festivals in the United States is that they're unique, and they all take on a local flavor to them based on the history of the festivals. Right. Ooh, how very fun. I know, right? So just a few festivals I'm going to talk to you about and some of the unique aspects of them that I found. Uh, these are festivals that cover pretty much from coast to coast, and there's only I'm only going to talk about a few of them. So just know there are a ton of them, and I'm sure you can find one closer to you if yeah. the ones I pick. Well, if you think about it, some towns are going to have one or two festivals each. And considering how many towns there are in the U.S., even if a town doesn't have a winter festival, those that do, that number is going to stack up pretty high. Yeah, the next town over might be. Right, the next town over might be. So these are some of the bigger ones. The first one I found was St. Paul, which is in St. Paul, Minnesota. And it's their winter carnival. And it is this year scheduled for January 24th through February 3rd, 2019. It attracts 350,000 visitors to the Twin Cities, and it's the nation's biggest cold weather festival. It's also the oldest 
Cold Weather Festival, having begun in 1886. And the funny thing about its origin was it was created as a way to stick it to a New York reporter who called the St. Paul area another Siberia unfit for human habitation in the winter. Wow, that's harsh. <laughs> that was harsh. harsh. That's really funny because 1886 is one of my days for one of the coldest winters in the U.S. Ah. In the U.S. history. So at that point, they started the festival. And the carnival with the festival is best known for its immense castle. That's historically been the centerpiece. It also includes snow and ice sculptors, both amateur and professional. Yes, I said professional ice (laughs) sculptors. Uh, It has outdoor concerts, sled dog races, and even an autonomous snowplow competition where inventors attempt to clear a snowy path with their robotic snowplows. Wow. <laughs> That's funny. I know, right? So there was a whole bunch of things uh, that I thought were interesting as part of this particular festival. They have barstool ski races. So you build this contraption out of barstools. Okay. Oh. And go down the slopes and race down the slopes. Oh, see, when skis. you said barstool ski races, I kind of thought like gluing skis <laughs> to the bottom of a barstool <laughs> yeah, and, and sitting on it. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Wow, I really like, did not think of um, that at all. <laughs> wait, wait, that is what it is. That is what it is. Yes. Oh, what? yes. I thought you meant maybe turning them over, putting them together, and no, so them. it's just like barstools on skis. Yes, that's why. That is okay. I'm back to that's crazy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, they have a snow maze. They have a giant snow slide. Oh. A snow stomp. So just a number of things like that. And the funny thing is, is as I was looking through this particular festival, I realized I'm actually going to be in St. Paul the week of this festival. What? Which is so cool. Which is so funny. So I will give you more direct, hands-on reviews of the festival when that comes around. The second festival that I thought was interesting is in Nederland, Colorado, and it's called the Frozen Dead Guy Festival, <laughs> March 8th through the 10th of 2019. And... It's also shortened to the FDGD Festival, Frozen <laughs> Dead Guy Festival. So its origin comes from a person that's called Grandpa Brito Morstel, who may have died of a heart condition in 1989. He was from Norway. He died. His family, who was into cryogenics, wanted to preserve him, but they also wanted to start a cryogenics company in the United States. So they shipped him to the United States to California put him into a cryo chamber that for some reason went away they moved him to Colorado and continued to put him on ice but in a more of a manual way meaning they were just kept putting they, they have a, a place for him to lie in state more or less okay. and then they put ice around him to keep him nice and cold and, but, but um, he already steady, died but he's already dead Okay. but his body has not deteriorated in theory I don't know how often they check on that uh, he wasn't He wasn't embalmed. This was all just... Right. Just ice. Wow. So he's packed in 1,600 pounds of dry ice and kept cool throughout the year. And then each winter, this Colorado town, Nederland, N-E-D-E-R-L-A-N-D, Nederland, <laughs> celebrates good old gramps with coffin races, a parade of hearses. Oh, my goodness. Snow beach volleyball. And other kind of offbeat events in honor and memory of Grandpa Brito Morstel. That's so funny. Along the way. So that that was pretty interesting. It is interesting. 
Oh, the other thing I forgot to include was the frozen salmon tossing event. That sounds very Norwegian. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Another festival, so the third festival, is the Newport Winter Festival. Not a lot on this one, just to, other than it's on the East Coast. So this is actually a coastal festival. So it also includes not just ice sculpting, but sandcastle competitions. I thought that was interesting as now, well. Where, where is Newport located? Rhode Island. Okay. The fourth one I really liked. I wish I could get out there at some point, which is Steamboat Springs Winter Carnival because it combines a rodeo with a winter festival. Okay, where is this located? So Steamboat Springs is in Colorado. Okay. This carnival has a true western flavor with horses as the stars of the carnival's happenings along the town's main street. And I saw some video of this, which was pretty funny because they had some descriptions. Like they have a thing called, it's a crowd favorite called the donkey jump, which sends kids soaring off a jump up to 40 feet or even 50 feet. So in my head, I'm thinking, what's a donkey jump? And why is it safe for kids to be sent shooting up 40 or 50 feet? But when I watched it online, it basically is a kid on skis being pulled by a horse with a rider on it really, really fast down the road, a snowy road. And then they hit the ramp and they, they let go of the horse and then they just see how far they can jump. So the 40 to 50 feet is outward. Not upward. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that makes oh, a lot more sense. They're not launched like right. on a trampoline for right. your 40 feet. They also have shovel races where participants sit on shovels, which are pulled by horses. Lots of horses. They offer an event where the skier hangs onto a lasso held by a cowboy on horseback. So that was also interesting. And then it's all based next to a mountain. So they have ski jumping competitions, slalom races. They have biathlon, a number of different things. One of the main events for this festival is the opening ceremony, where a number of skiers come down the slopes with basically with flares that they're holding and coming down kind of in unison, in pattern as they come down. And then one of them is called the Lighted Man. He's the last one that comes down, and he is actually packed with Roman candles and the room and the rockets are shooting out from his costume oh in every different direction. Wow. So I guess it's a, a great sight to see as the skiers come down with a red glow outlining the perfect ski turns. That down sounds the really dangerous. Yes, I think that's why everyone's at the bottom of the hill <laughs> while he's coming down. Yeah. The last festival I want to talk about is called Fur Rendezvous in Anchorage, Alaska. Hmm. And this was interesting to me because it is Looking back on days when the fur trade was really big in Anchorage, Anchorage was a little town back in the 1935 kind of time frame. It only had about 3,000 people there. So they wanted to do something to break up long, cold uh, winter months. So they put together this festival, and it's been going on ever since. And they took a break for the war, uh, World War II specifically, but other than that, they've been going on since 1935. And it's called the Fur Rendezvous, but they call it Fur Rondy, R-O-N-D-Y. Okay. So I kind of relate Randy, Rondy. Um, (laughs) Okay, that's a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. So it now is a 10-day celebration of Alaskan life and includes snowshoe softball, so playing softball and snowshoes, a running of the reindeer event, and a blanket toss. And this is a native Alaskan tradition in which a person is tossed from a blanket high into the air to scan the ocean for whales. Well, <laughs> they could have just specific. built a tower or something. 
nope, 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 blanket, Cole. <laughs> it's, it's all about the blanket. That's right. And then they also do dog sled races and, and typical things like that as well. Outdoor hockey tournaments, outhouse races. Wait, what? Yes, outhouse races. <laughs> and also a big event for uh, this particular festival. So it sounded like it was a lot of fun across a 10-day period. So, oh, wow. I'm sh- again, just a flavor of different events from across the country, and hopefully you can find one that's close enough to you online. Yeah, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that one festival started in 1886, because I'll get to that in a minute, because there weren't a whole lot that popped up on the list when I looked it up. But that was one of them, which was neat. So I'm pulling this particular uh, list. I'm not going to name all of them, but this particular list I'm pulling from Ancestry.com and the blogs that they have on that. And the first one that's popping up here is 1816. And the the caption here says, the year without a summer. Just kind of like the year without a Santa Claus. But, you know, <laughs> summer, and that one, it would be... Except like summer brings life and Santa brings presents. So, you know, very similar. Yeah, yeah, it's comparable. Uh, But this was sort of stretched from North America into Europe, too. So sort of in that northern Atlantic uh, hemisphere. And it deeply affected crops. It said they had barren orchards, dead cornfields, a lot of very descriptive language here. But it's sort of, you could sum it up to something sort of like a famine because of this cold weather. And what it says is that it was caused by Mount Tambora in Indonesia the year before. So an eruption from that, which, as we know, causes particles to be thrown up into the atmosphere and will affect weather patterns. So obviously that was a major eruption. Right, right. But even minor eruptions can cause changes in weather patterns. And you never know really where it's going to impact. Right. Or the, the severity. Right. right, or its severity. I mean, you can have an idea if, if you study weather patterns, but for the layman. And it's interesting because 1816, just four years before this, was another notoriously cold winter. And that was, that was in 1812. And that was much more of a European thing. But that was when Napoleon invaded Russia, and he had one of the coldest winters in Russian history. That was some bad luck. That was some, <laughs> some bad luck. And they, they have, uh, they yes, have a, luck for the Russians. a term in Russia. It's called General Winter or General Frost. And that's what they call the Russian Winter when it comes and drives some invading force out. It says, uh, a lot of times they say it's their best general. Yeah. It's their most reliable general. Yeah, I read that as well, that Russian likes, Russia likes to use Winter as one of its greatest defenses. Yep. Yeah. When you look it up, they have, like, posters of, like, caricatures of General Winter. Oh. Does he look like he, Grandfather Frost? He sort of does, but, like, angrier and often holding a sword. <laughs> so, like, the original. So, like, the original one, <laughs> minus the eye patch. <laughs> so, the next one that I have here on the list is 1857. That was a huge cold front on the East Coast. Over a foot of snow covered... Washington, D.C., Baltimore, all, all that coastal area right there. And it froze rivers hard enough to create major problems in big cities like New York. and caused ice bridges. Like it says here, Manhattan and Brooklyn had an ice bridge between wow. the two of them. So so a lot of snow and really cold temperatures. And really cold temperatures. Right. Wow. 
And if you're like me and you study India, then you get a little excited when you see the year 1857. It was the year that the British crown consolidated their control over India, made it officially a Commonwealth territory of the British crown. But that's not cold. That's just fun for me. <laughs> little extra thing yeah, thrown in there. I think India is about as far away from the cold as you can uh, you can get to it for most of the country, at least. So then. 1886, the caption here calls it the Great Blizzard, and it says it's a Kansas blizzard that was really a series of storms causing 10-foot snowdrifts and temperature of 30 below zero. That's 30 Fahrenheit below zero, because Celsius would be ridiculous. (laughs) So Kansas has a huge economy built on crops and animal husbandry. So the snowstorm killed off up to 75% of these landowners' cattle. So Kansas had a huge economic downturn, and it devastated the economy of the state for some time. We've had several big snowstorms in this area. Nothing quite this extreme, nothing that's killed off 75% of the cattle in the area. But we have had some big, some very big storms, especially a few years ago. I think we had a, a really big one come through. More than a few years, right? It, it was, was in uh, 2010. We had right. Snowmageddon. Yes. In the D.C. area that dumped 20 to 35 to 40 inches of snow over mm-hmm. a two-day period. That's right. People, I mean, they were abandoning their cars. They right. were stuck out on the highway so in the snow. Left work and then turned around and went back to work and just slept at work. Yeah. Because it just wasn't safe on the roads during yeah. that period. A lot of times some people think, oh, I'd like to have a really big snowstorm. That would be nice. There's a difference between not being able to go anywhere right, in a right. snowstorm safely mm-hmm. versus having a, a time when you could spend time at home where you know yeah. everything, the electricity is not going to go off and you are you have all the food you need, that right. sort of thing. Right. Well, you don't want to be like stuck somewhere, like at right. work or right exactly. out, something like that. Yeah, watching, watching the snow with hot chocolate, with your family, with the fireplace on, inside is very different. Right. It is. And it's a year that we got like 32 inches. Where we are... We got about 32 inches. We've had some pretty big snow storms here where we live, even um, earlier than that. I I I think that was probably the the most recent big, big one was 2010. Right. And I remember there was another big one when we first moved here. Yes. And that was a lot of ice. So so we we live in an area where we have super tall pine trees, like the kind that's like over 55 feet tall and fairly thin. And I remember um, one morning, mom called us over we were just looking out back in our second story bathroom and there was a tree that was so laden with snow and ice it literally just bent and went all the way to the ground. Yeah. It and was it bend- stayed there. Yeah. And it was bending. We watched it. Was. Yeah, it didn't yeah. snap at that right. point. It just had completely bent over into a curve. And we right. watched it as it slowly progressed right. to the more ground. And more ice, that's right. Yeah. And that was crazy because it was. We have a huge window in our bathroom, and at the mm-hmm. time, I was looking in the mirror. I was, I think, I was drying my hair. This thing start moving behind me because yeah. I could see it. That's what I think I yelled for you guys to yeah. come watch. Yeah, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. So those are some extreme examples of winter weather. I love winter. It's one of my favorite seasons. And I'm going to say some of the things I love about winter, and there's a lot of them. You guys feel free to just say what you feel or. Or agree with me. (laughs) Are we we allowed to disagree with you? (laughs) Quietly in the background. (laughs) All right. 
I love snowflakes. I love blankets of snow outside on the landscape. I love mittens and boots and hot cocoa and sweaters. And whiskers on kittens. And fire <laughs> and fireplaces and fires outside in the fire pit. And sledding and... You love fires. White sparkling decorations. Yes. I like fires. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure they could diagnose you with something for that. <laughs> and white sparkling vistas and fluffy warm blankets. One of the things that I think about when I think about winter is, if you remember in A Christmas Story, when Ralphie was in his bedroom on the second floor writing, I think he was writing his theme, and his dad came home and he went over to the window and he lifted up the window, and it showed just a view of the The landscape. The neighborhood. Of the neighborhood, and it was all just... Snowy. Mm-hmm. It was just this really pretty, snowy... Scene. Yes, thank you. It was. I loved it. It just makes me happy. How about you guys? Did I mention everything, or is there something that I missed? All right. <laughs> well, for me, I enjoy drinking hot tea, and I love watching the snow fall. And I would prefer to see a winter scene like the ones that we see in A Christmas Story, where our snow just covers everything, right? I think... Oftentimes here, we see some snow, but still see, like, the grass taking up. Snow never really lasts very long, which has pros and cons to it. But it's if I can stay inside for, like, a weekend or whatever... Just enjoy it. snowing, yeah. Yeah, there's just something magical about it. Mm-hmm. So, this may seem like an odd topic, but what are some ways that we can capture winter? I know it's not everybody's favorite season, but there are some really special things about it. The thing that comes to mind first is traditions. Traditions connect us to the past and help us appreciate the present. Traditions are why we bake the same Christmas cookies, or have the same Thanksgiving meal, or hide Easter baskets, or go to Christmas Eve service at church, and then to the Andersons afterward for cocoa before heading home to get ready for Santa Claus. Traditions don't have to be complex or difficult. They help us keep our memories alive in our hearts. That's right. And I will say, this past Christmas, we did have a few flurries and snow fairly early in the season. And... Yeah, we had snow. It was laying on the ground. It was was like in November. Before Thanksgiving. Right. Yeah. And I I was actually baking early Christmas cookies at the time, and it was so nice. I just felt like so at peace seeing the snow outside, baking the cookies. We right. had put Christmas decorations up a little early. So it was just a very peaceful time. I think that's what also impresses me about winter and mm-hmm. snow. It's just that kind of peaceful feeling. Mm-hmm. So how can we capture winter? We can capture winter through photography. We can photograph landscapes. We can choose something in particular, like farms or covered bridges or churches. We can capture inside the home with our winter decorations or outside the home. Our porch or yard, driveway, steps. You can do people in your life inside, like baking, mm-hmm. playing games, having cocoa, or people outside in the snow. Sledding, building snowmen, building snow forts. So there's a lot of ways that we can capture winter through photography. As I was researching this and thinking about what to share randy and i are from pennsylvania there's a lot of snow in pennsylvania there is and it's much colder and i love it and when i was driving up to pennsylvania and back to virginia 
a couple years ago pretty consistently for a couple weeks I just stopped at one point and started just taking pictures of the landscape Mm -hmm. where my parents lived there are farms and there are meadows and there's just this calm beautiful place so I just pulled alongside a road and I would take pictures Mm -hmm. and then I would go down a little further and see something else and stop again and take pictures so I did that that one day I would just stop and get out and it was just such a peaceful wonderful happy thing and I do just I love snow Randy and I both went to Penn State and snow never stopped us no we had classes (laughs) and really and if it snowed you just walked across campus the way you needed to and they did not cancel classes for snow. So when you have the photos, what are some of the things you can do with them? Scrapbooking is a very popular thing to do. I have a friend in Houston who makes beautiful scrapbooks and some of you may also scrapbook. I tried it for a little while, but I found I was not diligent enough. You've made some very pretty scrapbooks though. I have. It was a period of time, mm-hmm. but I just it was hard to maintain for me. Yeah. I think for some, it's just a joy. Mm-hmm. Something else that you can do very easily these days is make digital books. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. When the kids were probably, I don't know, 8 and 10 maybe, we went to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I wouldn't get to the scrapbooking. Okay. So I made a digital book. The digital books at that time... You didn't have as many options as you do now, but I loved it. That was still pretty good for it was uh, the time that you got it. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. In terms of not having that many options, right? And by digital book, I mean that I created it online and then I ordered whichever ones I wanted. You could get softback, you could get hardback, you could put pictures on the front and back. So there were there was a variety of things to do, and you ultimately get a product. Correct. That is a booklet of some mm-hmm. sort but with the way you've created it online. Right. Yeah. And we got a really nice hardback book with right. our with beautiful pages inside, bright and brilliant and mm-hmm. so that's what I mean by digital book, mm-hmm. not create a book that stays digital, but that which you, you can also purchase. actually do quite a bit Correct. these days. You, there are apps which will let you create those digital books and share them online. Mm-hmm. Correct. So another thing you can do is print and frame your photos. I have a friend who loves flowers, and she has them framed throughout her house. They're beautiful. You can share your photos on social media, and there are so many things you can get with photos. You can get mugs. You can get mouse pads, blankets. That's right. T-shirts. I mean, you really, with your photos, you can get so many things these days. Phone cases. Phone cases, yep. I just got a phone case that has a Disney World Castle on it the, the, that was iced over. That was a picture that we took Yes, that you created digitally and then ordered the product. That's right. And I had ordered ornaments That's right. Right. from, from the, our trip to Disney for each of the family. And, and they had photos that we had taken on the front and the back. So really, if you're interested, start Googling. There are so many things that will come up that you can purchase or that you can do with your photos. Another way we can capture winter is through stories. One thing that is good to do when the kids are little is write a little snippet in a notebook when they do something fun or cute or something they want to remember. Because as they get older, when they're little, you think, oh, I'll never forget that. And when they get older, there's so much life to live with them that you do forget some of them. So you can capture winter through stories. One of the things I thought about was we had a dog, Ike, that in the winter would 
run over and as the kids were sledding or leaning down to build snowmen or whatever, he would grab their caps. <laughs> yeah, their little stocking, knitted stocking caps. And he, would, and he would run, and it was not as funny at the time. Yeah, no. he would He would go grab it, hair and all, yank it off of our heads. So obviously you were on the ground in right. some way, because he was a Beagle Bassett mix, so he wasn't yeah. a tall dog. No, he no. wasn't. And he wasn't, like, mean or anything. No, he was he just, Yeah, he was playing. He just didn't realize that there was hair attached. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, along with the hat. Right. So, but yeah. It was it was funny, though, because he would let me get within probably six or seven feet, <laughs> and I would be like, okay, Ike, <laughs> give me that. And I'd walk toward him, and he would grab that hat and run, and it was like, <laughs> Ike. Give me that hat So, but it's funny to look back on, and that's something, things like that are worth even just taking a few minutes and writing them down, or having a page on your computer, and just throwing it in there so that you have it to access later in life. Another thing you can do is write actual stories, either real or fiction, about winter, or about characters in the winter. You can write a blog. In the oral tradition, you can tell stories. You can keep memories alive through sharing. Or, and, you could do a podcast. What? That's true. (laughs) A podcast about winter? How awesome is that? Right. So it is a nice way for us to share, not only with you, but with each other, memories of different things that have happened in our family in a way to to commemorate them and to keep them. Memory, digital memory is so cheap now that even if you don't do a podcast, you could still do things, either video or audio, where you're just collecting stories. You know, maybe you and your husband had something happen during the day and you want to remember something about the kids. You can just do an audio recording and just to remember that because you want to keep that keepsake years down the road. We, We remember things in our family a lot based on pictures and based on oral sharing. Right. Right. We sharing the stories over and over again. Right. Um, is a way that we've done that, and then of course we have a bazillion pictures. Right. So right. we also um, do it that way. So but there's there are lots of different ways to share those stories. I remember one of the kids saying once that they didn't remember if they actually remembered this or if it had just been if we told them so often that. That's how it's so fresh yes, for them. It's, right. It seemed, it's a memory of some sort. Either it's a memory that was shared with them and Correct, they, yes. it has now become part of that, or it's first-hand memory. Right. Yes. Video is another way that you can capture winter. You put up a video camera and have the kids talk about what they did. Yeah. Pretty much your phone is a complete it's ca- awesome. memory capturing device now. It is. It is. It makes it so much easier. During the next podcast, I'll talk more about how to capture winter, different ways to capture winter anyway. So even though it's the winter season now, there are other holidays that flow through the winter season, and some of those have a lot of impact on retail stores, like (laughs) Valentine's Day. That's right, that's right. And typically what we have found over the years is retail stores are putting out decorations earlier and earlier for different holidays. So already Valentine's Day decorations and items are in quite a few stores. Today I will be discussing um, the different Valentine's Day decorations and items that I saw at Target and at Michael's. So I love Target. (laughs) I love going there frequently. (laughs) Yes, and 
what I noticed there when I walked in was there was typically around three to four sections of Valentine's Day items. There's a front little section that has cheap like one to three dollar items. Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of people call it the dollar section, even though yeah. it is things can get up to like ten, but usually it's mm-hmm. it's a lower range. It's around usually one to one, five, one to five, one yeah. to three. And they can have some cute little things there. They do, um, and then they have, of course they had the card section. They already have all their Valentine's Day cards out. They have the home slash tableware section that has a lot of mugs and things like that like homeware kind of stuff probably tablecloths yeah. napkins mm-hmm. things like that and in the back of our target store there's the main valentine's day section so that's what i'm gonna kind of be discussing most about in target the first thing i noticed was that they had like a ton of candy yes, yes. candy yep. is right. their thing for certain holidays yes. yes valentine's day being one of them yes it's a huge one yeah so i will say um I wasn't blown away by their selection of Valentine's Day decor, but what they didn't have in decor, they had in candy. They made up for candy. Yeah. Yes. In, in quantities and qualities. Well, I'm candy. sure that uh, there's more to come as we get closer to yes. February. Yeah, this Absolutely. is really just a snapshot of time. This is almost of, like a pre-Valentine's like, Day season kind right, of stuff. Right. The early part of the, yeah. the Valentine's Day decorations have come out. Right, right. The, the first... The first one. The, the first, first wave. The first wave. Yep, <laughs> exactly. that's a good way to put it. Yeah, they had all the usual fun Valentine's Day candy, stuffed animals, and treats. I actually took um, a number of pictures. A lot of that candy, I'm guessing, is going to be made up of chocolates. Right. Yeah, lots of, of chocolate. varying varieties. Yeah. I noticed some emoji candy this year. Oh, you did? Yes. So That's very smart. Right. So, um, like the Reese's eggs that you mm-hmm. see at Christmas time, shaped like trees, or um, the eggs for... Easter, yeah. you know, all the different. They did hearts. Well, they're also doing emoji shaped and like uh, imprinted ones. That's now. a really good idea. Like with the little heart eyes. Well, it would be like the faces, yeah, that have the different basic I'm emoji faces. Right. It would be, oh, okay. I was thinking maybe they honed in on the Valentine's hearts. Going back, <laughs> so I did notice a variety of rather unique things that I didn't necessarily notice maybe last year. They have a number of decorative mailboxes and they come in kits so these mailboxes are i'm guessing for kids to put valentine's day cards in but they come in like a a kit form neat right so they have like rocket ships yeah that's funny yeah so it comes in a bag rocket ships like a box that's a slice of pizza (laughs) so it's like uh, it's kind of like a little filter Paper. Paper, uh-huh. Yeah. Slice of little pizza on its side. It's is... like those little crafts that you could get like right. at a craft store right. right. to yes. build this right. little... With a little slot in the in the top. Right. right for to them. put the cards. And then I also noticed a unicorn head. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's so funny. Yeah. Yes, it is. There it is. Yes. And you can see it yourself by going to your local Target. Not sponsored. It's not sponsored, right? <laughs> oh, I gotcha. But, I mean, Target if you want to get on board. You know? <laughs> so they have the typical Valentine's Day banners um, that you can hang at, you know, at the office, at home. A lot of the stuff was around, like, $5. I noticed, like, the mailboxes and the banners. Won't hurt your budget too badly. Right, right. Some nice, simple decorations. Well, you say that, but it depends on how many you get. Because you see people with carts full of this stuff. (laughs) Right, yeah. Yeah. So maybe you want to try the dollar store first. (laughs) If you want huge quantities. Right, Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. 
Um, and then they had those like huge cards that you see. They're just ginormous. It was really hard for me to take a picture of it because I'm really small and my arms aren't quite long enough to wow. capture it all. the entire thing. Yeah. yeah. I also have a picture of the stuffed animal aisle, which I thought was kind of impressive. There's just tons and tons of, of stuffed animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with, uh, with hearts on them. Yeah, with hearts and some of them are attached hearts. with candy. Right. So mm-hmm. best of both worlds there. Right. There was like yeah. some kind of bear or something with hearts on his feet. Yes. So my favorite thing, looking back on the Target Valentine's Day items, was this foam bead donut plushie that I found. And it, it's actually kind of big. Okay. It looks really yummy. It does. And it's two-sided. So one side, like I found one with a like a typical pink sprinkles. sprinkles and then the other side was a chocolate sprinkled. Oh, okay. that's funny. And when I picked it up, I was like, oh, this is so fun. I picked it up and of course it was all cushy and squishy and bead. It had fine beads inside. I noticed that there was this kind of sweet smell coming from it. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it smelled almost like a donut. And then I found, when I, you know, turned it over, I found a tag that said that it was scented. So that made a whole lot more sense. Yep. That made a whole lot more sense. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And is it basically a pillow? Yes. Okay. Yeah, basically a pillow, something to rest your elbow, your head on. I also found a taco. Oh, well, of course That's very valentiny. Right. Of of equal size. It looks like a fruit taco. Was it made out of the same? Oh, it was. Oh, okay. It was. And I was a little apprehensive picking it up after I had already seen the donut was scented. Okay. Because I was a little worried. (laughs) About a taco? Yes. (laughs) Uh, But it was not scented. Oh, okay. Thank heavens. That was good. Um, They were wise in their scenting choices. Yes. Yes. Although I was surprised there wasn't like an avocado plushie. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. Oh, that's true. That's very true. Yeah. It could have been a heart middle. Like a heart. You know how avocados have that middle. Mm-hmm. The seed. Seed. The or where seed, the seed was. Where the seed was could be yeah, heart shape. Yeah. yeah, that's true. So that was, I think, the most fun thing, item that I found. It was a rather unique item. But they have lots of, but they have a lot of selections there. Lots of candies. And keep an eye out because more will be coming. That's right. That's right. So then I went to Michael's, which is like not even a minute down the road from where we are. It's just, I think, the next building over, next couple buildings over. From where Target is. Right. To where our Target is, yeah. So it was interesting. I had a search to find the section, the Valentine's Day section. Because I guess I expected it to be just right out in front. Kind of like they did for Halloween and Christmas. So it was right there. But it wasn't. Okay. So I went down like the right side and they still had a lot of Christmas decorations uh, on sale. Nothing really Valentine's Day, so I had to go around the store and to the other side, and that's when I found the the items were in these kiosks, like in the middle of an aisle. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they had uh, maybe like four or five, and being Michael's, they had a lot of crafts. They had a lot of baking things. Right, they're good at that. Um, available. It was kind of funny. They even had a Valentine's Day gingerbread house kit. Mm. Oh, that's clever. That was clever. Um, they did have more decorations, I thought, than than Target. So Little non-candy. Non-candy. Kind of like arrangements and right. stuff like that. Right. So they had garlands. They had wreaths. They had hearts. They did. Like big enough where you could use them as a decoration. Right. They also had more things that were made of wood and metal versus... Like but plastic like and plastic. foam. Yeah. But it couldn't have been that big of a section if it was just in kiosk. Is that right. Well, okay. They, right. But they, they're usually two-sided and they have things on the ends too. Those are pretty big because it's in real big wide aisles like on the sides. Right. So 
And going back to the crafts, these are great fun to have with the kids. We've done a number of Valentine's Day crafts. Oh, yeah. One of the crafts really brought me back. It's one of my favorite Valentine's Day crafts. It is the pom-pom love bug craft where you have this little pom-pom. You put googly eyes on it, make a little, I guess, pad for its feet, and then put little pipe cleaners behind it with um, something at the end for like a little alien-like antennas. And it's called a love bug. So when I was young, one of my nicknames was love bug. So I've always felt a connection to this craft, and we always did this craft. To this alien pom-pom <laughs> this, insect. Yes, with googly eyes. Yeah. <laughs> so that was fun. I so can I was, see that connection. <laughs> so I was very excited about to, to find that craft. So lots of fun things. Variety of items from both stores. If you haven't seen them yet, please check them out. I also went to Hobby Lobby and looked at their Valentine's Day crafts. I think they had a more wide variety of decorations like mm-hmm. specific to Valentine's Day and not made of the cheap sort of plastic. They were more that were made of wood and much more durable and that would last longer throughout the years, in my opinion. But yeah, very fun. And I enjoyed viewing the sort of pre-Valentine's Day setup in the stores. Yeah. Thanks, Sydney. So, or our love bug. <laughs> <laughs> so our final segment for today is the future festivities segment. And I will briefly touch on a few of the upcoming celebrations that we have for the week of January 14th. So two holidays on that day, or two celebrations on that day. The first is National Clean Off Your Desk Day. What? Which, funny enough, also is connected to Organize Your Home Day. (laughs) So apparently that's a big cleaning day, both at work and at home, on January 14th. On the 15th is National Bagel Day. I know a lot of places encourage bagels at work. And yeah. People bring... Yeah, I think that's one that, that's not so obscure. Right. Because you'll day. see more of the National Bagel Day yeah. in places. And that's on January 15th. On the 16th, there's something called Nothing Day. And not surprisingly, there's not a lot of information about Nothing Day. <laughs> <laughs> that's on the 17th is International Mentoring Day. This is actually a celebration that I'm aware of. We celebrate that at work as well. A way to thank your mentors, both formal mentors and informal mentors, for the help that they've given to you on January 17th. 18th is a very exciting day. As a child, one of my nicknames was Pooh Bear. My (laughs) un-nice brothers often called me Pooh, (laughs) but... Pooh Bear was actually my nickname. Well, it is Winnie the Pooh Day on January 18th. That is nice. Celebration of A.A. Milne's birthday. On the 19th of January is Popcorn Day. And so that is celebrating popcorn. Now, the interesting thing about Popcorn Day on the 19th of January was it used to be on Super Bowl Sunday, which was the 30th of January. But it got moved and never moved back. On the 20th, well, obviously, I feel like there's something more important going on on some uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> on the 20th of January is National Cheese Lovers Day. Again, you. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think really. This is like your week. Every day is National Cheese Between Pooh Bear Day, Winnie the Pooh Day, Popcorn Day, and National Cheese Lover Day, I think those really can be celebrated all year long. <laughs> and they are here in our house. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> By you. <laughs> I got you. Uh, uh, and then the last day for that week that I highlighted is World Snow Day, which is on the Yay! 20th of January. And that's actually a day that a number of countries, I think it's about 40 countries, have put together activities around the world to encourage people to be active during winter and winter activities slash snow activities. So that's nice. on the 20th Neat. of January coming up. Well, that's a fun week ahead. Yeah. That's right. So thank you guys for your, your topics today. We will continue to talk about winter and some of the holidays within winter as well. We will continue Beth's segment on capturing winter along the way. And we will talk to you next week as well. Don't forget that you can reach out to us. You can follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at holiday underscore moons. On Instagram, we are at holiday moons, no underscore. Facebook page in the group can be found at facebook.com slash holiday moons. And our website is randallmoon1l.wixsite, W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com slash holiday moons. And you can contact us via Gmail at holidaymoons at gmail.com. So for Randy, Cole, Sydney, and Beth, happy Happy winter. winter!